Everybody ready? Let's get rolling. This is The Big Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. It's the Big Show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. We're going to talk to our friend Christian Cox coming up here momentarily as Utah gets ready to start their season with the mighty Wildcats of Arizona on Saturday at Rice-Eccles Stadium. Do you know that uh, Christian had a cup of cocoa with the New England Patriots? He also played the clarinet, I'm told. Uh, in fact, let's get out to the zone phone. Former Ute, former Patriot, our good friend Christian Cox. Christian, what's up? What's going on, Jake? What's going on, Gordon? Oh, man, just uh, just talking a little sports, having a little fun. This uh, Christian, this is the biggest week of football around here, certainly we've had yet and might have this year, with the Utes starting and uh, with BYU-Boise State. So things are good, man. Yeah, I can't ask for a better Friday night and Saturday, right? And then you get some NFL on Sunday. I couldn't ask for a better weekend. Christian, did you ever play Boise State when you were at Utah? Uh, is this an insult, Gordon? Is this a, a backhanded insult? No, to me? no, no. I remember when you played no, Boise State. I, I, I'm, I'm teasing, Gordon. Uh, yes, we played a guy named Kellen Moore who happened yes, to be the okay. offensive coordinator for the Cowboys, which is crazy. Uh, and that year they blew it against, I think it was Colin Kaepernick and Nevada where they were undefeated the entire year. And they blew it the last game, and they were forced to play us that year. We got smoked by TCU. And we caused five turnovers on defense and lost, I think, 20, 31 to 10 or something like that mm-hmm. and couldn't score. We uh, Jordan Wynn had shoulder issues. Terrence Kane came in. It was an ugly, ugly game. I uh, I apologize for bringing that up. I'm teasing. I'm teasing. Christian Cox is with us on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Gordon and I were talking about this earlier in the show, Christian, with it being game one for the Utes and having an inexperienced defense. Um, Arizona might score a couple of points just because, you know, uh, mistakes. And, and we've seen in COVID college football tackling has, has not been real terrific. Uh, I expect Utah's defense to be pretty good. I'm just not sure how good right out of the gate. What do you think? Yeah, I, I think that's exciting for once, right? I think the the defense has been very seasoned for the last many years, right? You can go down the line of quality defensive tackles and DNs and quality, you know, corners. As you, you lose Blackman, right, who's having a heck of a, a career to start, um, and you've had you know a long line of just NFL caliber safeties and corners, and this is the first time in a while that you're starting freshmen and sophomores and that's that bodes well for the future and i i think it's exciting there's no preseason there's no real fall camp it's all the uncertainty of this year and at least you're playing you don't know what you're really going to get from arizona their defense is great but uh what a fun game and i'm just glad we're going to see some utah football because i this is no offense to you know the college football in general it's just they're I haven't been fully, fully engaged because there's just it's like meaningless games. At least we can play some games and see what they can do in these this six game stretch and and see what Kyle can put together. And ultimately, excited to see this QB race as well and this Bentley kid. 
Christian, earlier Jake and I were trying to draw a line between the importance of athleticism, raw athleticism, and experience. Where, when you're weighing those two factors with this particular defense, uh, what is more important and what should fans uh, look for? Yeah, so if you cross it up, right, you want to think of it as I want to dry one straight line as experience and raw talent. But I, I kind of quadrant it. The defense is so complicated at Utah. There's sp- certain specific skill positions that can get away with just raw talent. There's some positions that you could be the most talented person, but you can't understand and know the scheme. The two, the harder positions to plug in at a younger, uh, a, a younger clip would be safety. If you're super young playing safety, it's hard. Uh, and then your corner positions are where you can put younger guys because it's you're playing a lot of cover, you know, cover one. Uh, you're playing a lot of man-to-man, right? So you can let that raw athleticism go to work. D-line is another place where you can typically get away with a younger D-tackle who just he's going to plug a gap, hold his hold the line, and someone will tell him where to stunt to. Linebacker is one that's really complicated. You you really you need the experience, and that's where you got Lloyd. But uh, I'm I'm interested to see really how this defense plays. I, I think they have the pieces. You got Mika, you got Lloyd, and then you got these young guns in the back. Uh, so and, and, you, and again, you got you got Sharif Shaw and you got Morgan Scally, who really believe in these young guys to really have them start over the, the kid who transferred. Right. So. That goes to show what they believe in these the young talent that's up and coming. What do you think about the uh, the offense, Christian? Is that going to be a, a strength of the team, regardless of who's at quarterback, or does it really depend on who they pick and how well they play? Yeah, and that and that just kind of boils down to right uh, again. It feels like they're leaning towards you know Bentley rising. You know, had a he's had an advantage of being in the program a little longer, but just feels like the hand is tipped that way. I could be completely wrong, right? But I, I think with Andy Ludwig, he just needs a steady, you know, person who can make the right plays and not turn the ball over as lame as that sounds. They're still going to run the ball a lot. But you, you need a quarterback who can sit in the pocket and deliver the ball on time. Uh, if you want to go back, and I, and I don't know if people love these. I always go back in time. I back to the future with everyone but brian johnson by his senior year how mobile was the guy right he wasn't moving in andy's scheme he was a drop back passer within legitimately 25 to 30 yards downfield max right he didn't have his throwing shoulder he had surgery he didn't throw a deep ball but everything we ran with brent castile and Braden godfrey and everything was seams and underneath and shallow cross with jeremy brooks Right, that's how Brian was able to orchestrate perfect game-winning drives by throwing the ball on time and not turning the ball over. And as, as boiled down and lame as that sounds, that's all Andy Ludwig is is really looking for. And I, you know, you want to see who provides that best. You know, who's been awarded that position. And you know, bless Tyler Huntley's heart. Right, one of the most athletic freaking natures. But when Utah got into trouble last year is when Utah became a hero ball and he had to go do everything with his feet and was trying to make all of the plays. But when it was in the pocket, you know, getting the ball out to Zach Moss when he'd leak out, 
you know, that's when Utah was really successful. So interested to see how the offense runs. Speaking of last year's team, it was it was quite good. Uh, some people pointed at the offensive line as being a spot that needed improvement, and we did see some uh, <laughs> some porous uh, blocking from time to time. Uh, how does a group like that get better from one year to the next? Yeah, and you know, the majority of them came back. I saw some depth depth chart shift uh, a little bit there uh, with Tonga, but that's that's a group that if you can return players, they need camaraderie. They need experience together, right? Why Oregon's offensive line was so good last year is because they all they returned five offensive linemen and they had Sewell, right, who's going to be going to the NFL, right? You need experience. And it, offensive linemen, to all my offensive linemen brothers who are listening, they are weird. They are the weirdest guys. They're super bright. But they are weird, and you got to be crazy to play offensive line. And you really have to have a brotherhood to want to, you know, know all of the schemes. And it's, it's they're complicated offenses, and, and they go against really tough defenses. And you hope the offensive line can improve because against Texas and Oregon and a lot of the other games, Tyler made up for the, 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 the holes in the offensive line last year with his legs. Uh, you hope that they get better this year. And from the size and the weight, and the experience looking across the board, they look pretty solid. I want to ask you about Arizona, Christian. I'm trying to think of the best way to ask you this, but the, you know, the Wildcats have been good at times uh, over the past 20 so uh, some odd years, but for the most part, they've been, you know, average or or below average, and they've they've gone through several coaches. Is that is that a good job for a head coach, and they just haven't found the right one, or is is it a loser for some reason? <laughs> you know, I, I don't know. Like you, you look at some schools and some schools are basketball schools, right? Like my entire life, U of A has been a basketball school with Lute Olson, right? Back in the heyday and Mike Bibby and those guys and winning a championship football. I've never known them to be anything great. Surprisingly, Rich Rodriguez had a good little streak, actually embarrassed Utah at home. Uh, when Utah had a shot. Um, this was Nate Orchard's years, I think, and they got ran all over. I would equate the Wildcats to, like, the Cleveland Browns, maybe not as bad as the Browns, but it's like even Bill Belichick went to Cleveland with Nick Saban and they got beat, right? They, they didn't win. So it's like, is it a doomed franchise? Is it a doomed college football team? That's probably a, a way uh, exaggerated you know, statement, but I, my entire life, I've never seen them be amazing besides the Rich Rod years. And that was, I think they won, they, they lost in the Fiesta Bowl to Boise. Christian, do you think Utah is to the point now where Kyle, has, and Kyle, by the way, had a, has a, a new extension to his contract today. I don't know if you saw that, but uh, he's, uh, he's got, he's got a contract till what was it? 27. Yeah, Jake? 2027, yep. an additional four yep. years. Yeah, yeah, yep. so good for him. But that shows you sort of the consistency he's built with this particular program. Now, are they to the point now where they're going to be? They are going to be good every year. Well, I, I'd like to be proven, uh, you know, the other way. Like it's just insane to think the years after I left Utah, right, were the first years in the Pac-12, right, 2011, 2012, 2013. And there was a stretch. They didn't have the depth. Kalani was on staff, too. 
a lot of the staff was there, and they were fighting for their jobs. If you remember some of those the weird summer, right? There was even some weirdness with Gary up at Utah State, and and he was gone at Wisconsin, Oregon State, and uh, listen, Kyle Whittingham, like him or not, is the most consistent person I've I've ever met, right? Probably next to my wife. Like that guy is a machine. He outworks anyone. He does the same thing every day, and he instills confidence in his teams and he maximizes the talent out of his teams and that is just proven year after year as he's putting guys in the league and he's really changed people's career paths right to to some people not like his style because it's 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 pretty militant i'd compare it to bill belichick it's it's very rigid it's structured but again that's how you have to run a program that's how you that's how you win year after year after year after year and what Kyle's done, even replacing Urban Meyer, if you remember back in, you know, the years I was out of the country, but, you know, where people were like, oh, well, he's just the D coordinator. And I think that pissed him off. Kyle is one of the most competitive people like that I've ever met as well, consistent and competitive. And he gets the most out of his guys. And as a Utah fan and, and, and seeing the level of talent that gets recruited in, yeah, I think they'll be good for a long time. The question is, can the talent keep, uh, you know, when you get too much talent, you lose character sometimes and you lose, um, you know, guys that fall in line to the process. But, it, you know, what's been shown over the last three years is guys buy in. And I think a testament of that is Zach Moss and Tyler Huntley, and especially Zach Moss not leaving his junior year to the NFL and doing another year at Utah, like, People love playing and winning in that program. So, so Christian, everybody everybody loves to win, right? Everybody loves success. But take that out of it for a second. Winning aside, did you like playing for Kyle Whittingham, and why? I, listen, I my my experience is different than like a recruit from Florida or California. Like, I'm a local kid who was trying to be a walk on turn scholarship kid, right? So, like the hierarchy was. I'm trying to earn the affection and approval of my dad type of a thing. Right. And so like his expectations are just so clearly defined and he expects greatness and you want to live up to that. Like if you're a real competitor, you want to live up to that. And the same goes for Bill Belichick and the same went for my high school coach, Larry wall, right at Belleville high. So it's like, I wanted to be the best. And my journey was different. I played six different positions. It took me two and a half years to move up the depth chart. I played defensive end or, and led the team in sacks in 09 and then was still not scholarshiped and then got a scholarship in 2010, was voted team captain, was first team all-conference, and then got a shot. So, like, it took a lot of time. But if, it, if the program wasn't so clearly defined that the best players will play independent if you're scholarshiped or not, wouldn't have given me that vehicle to grow and progress. And I think that's why the Utah program is so unique, right? Is you come in and you buy into the program and you follow the process. There really is no limit on where you can go. If you're, if you have the talent and you have the skill, but you also have the work ethic. And if you can have all three, uh, you could lack maybe a little bit of talent, but you are always in the right place. You'll get a shot to play. And when you get your shot to play, you make your reps count. 
and you maximize those reps and that's how it works. And that's why you just have guys that just, they just, they keep backfilling those, the defense, right. Or in the offense, because you have the people in the wings who are waiting for their opportunity and they, they strike when they get their shot. So all that being said, Christian, is there a player on this year's team that you are most excited to see play or that you think might uh, really blossom into a great, great player? Yeah, I, I listen, I think Mika Tafu is a freak, and I, I liked him last year. I liked him a lot, right? Bradley and I was terrific on the other bookend, uh, but as a defensive end, in terms of size, speed, and instinct, um, he is a special player. Uh, Lloyd, a middle linebacker, I think he grew a lot. He improved. I'm interested to see what he does. But for me as a, a lame defender, I love seeing good defensive end play, good tackle play, because that, 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 that front four and the front seven are, are really what, you know, can disrupt the quarterback and kind of, you know, give the back end a shot to get some interceptions. And as a defensive end, you can change the trajectory of a game by a single strip sack or a big TFL, and it's an easier path to the quarterback than playing safety. You know? So this is probably, you know, this is a really tough game to prognosticate because of all the, the, the youth that youths have and who knows what to expect from Arizona and uh, pandemic and all, but I, uh, are you expecting the youths to win on Saturday? I am. Uh, there's no reason not to, right? Even looking into Arizona's team and uh, – you know, this is a, this is can Utah play their game and and can they run the offense correctly? It's it's preseason, right? It's how can you stumble around? Who can make the least amount of mistakes? But I think Utah will come out and control the clock, run the ball, run some good play action, and score a decent amount of points. And then we will all have our eyes and binoculars out to watch the back end, right? Who doesn't want to? And who and who even pays attention to safeties and corners unless there's you know mistakes? This is probably the first year we'll be paying a close eye on what's going on in coverage because you've just been you know spoiled with good back end for basically the last six years. Is there a team, Christian, you like in the Pac-12 uh, to go to the playoffs or to to win the championship? To just the best team in the conference? Yeah. <sighs> It's tough. Like, Oregon's ranked, what, 14th? Um, they're replacing Herbert. Sewell's not playing. I get they get lots of recruits. I'm not a fan of USC. Um, I just think they're – listen, for the last 15 years since Matt Leinart, they're just so finicky. They're not tough enough. Um, I, Oregon just seems like the team that will, that will kind of come out on top. Stanford will probably rebound, but – uh, Oregon has the athletes, and I'm I'm interested to see what Utah does. Right again, you know they've gone twice to the Pac-12 championship and have come up short. Um, that's ingrained in those kids who want to play. It's a short season, so can you navigate COVID? Can you uh, stay somewhat healthy? And we'll see where we go. But probably, you know, without having seen any film on anyone and nor you know we you didn't have real spring ball in a real fall camp it's tough to predict it's interesting that you say that because uh i recently uh recalled a quote from zach moss uh, after uh, last season 
and he was talking about this coming season, and he said that the players who have not really experienced or didn't have as much experience as the guys who have been on the field, he said they have been able to observe and absorb the recipe for winning. And I thought that was an interesting comment. No, it's, it's, I speak to my own experience, right? In 2008, right, I backed up Paul Kruger and Ko Misi and watched our team go undefeated. I contributed, I played, but I wasn't, I wasn't a starter. Was, was I chomping at the bit in 2009 to play? Absolutely. 2010, did we keep the tradition going? Uh, yes, and, and I think as all Utah football players and fans, like that's what's unique, and we all should be grateful for what we have is a continuous tradition that over the last 20 years really at Utah have been really good, maybe a little longer, right? And that's all I've known, right? There's people who have been around longer that know the tougher years, you know, Jim Fossil, pre-McBride, but it's because of, the expectation and the recipe and Zach Moss kept that going, right? That, that tradition though goes back to Jamal Anderson and Mike Anderson, you know, and Matt Asiata, right. And all these other great line of running backs like Devonte Booker. And you can do the same in every position, right? You can go back to Luther Ellis and Starlo to and all these other great D linemen that have their time in the NFL. And I think that's what makes, you know, college football so pure and fun because it's just, it's nostalgic, right? Because when we get all together, you, you look and behind you like the greats and then you look at these young pups who get their shot to play and it's over in a blink. I think that's, for me, it's been the, the greatest learning experience is football is like a bad girlfriend, right? She breaks up with everyone at some point, whether it's in Little League, whether it's in high school or college or the NFL, she will break up with you. There is no continuous, you know, playing in, the, in football, and you just be grateful for the time you get to play. And I look back; it's been ten years since I've played, and I've got four children, and I'm a father, and my life is completely different now. And uh, grateful for the experiences I was able to to, to blaze, and the relationships been able to to maintain and and gain because of college football. And that's where. Uh, you know, I'm I'm indebted for my life to to Utah. I wouldn't have met my wife if I didn't go to Utah. And um, just really grateful for the program that Kyle and Gary and Anderson and Kalani Sataki and all these people have created up there. And and now it continues with Morgan and Sharif and and Lewis and the rest of the team. Hey Jake, did you write that down? Football is like a bad girlfriend. I didn't, but I'll I'll make sure and remember. Uh, last day, last thing, Christian. Uh, personal question for you, because you mentioned you have you have four young kids. Uh, did did you guys do a family costume from Halloween this year? We do, <laughs> yeah. We we do every year. When we lived in California, we went and did the the old trick or treating at Disneyland. We were the Incredibles. Um, this year, my son got into Mario Kart on sixty four, and so my wife was Luigi. I was Bowser. My daughter was Toad. My son was Mario with a mustache, and my other daughter was Princess Peach. That's pretty and then awesome. My, and then my baby son was Toad as well, so it was fun. Nice. Nice. Nicely done. Uh, Christian, thank you for jumping on with us, buddy. We appreciate it. Good to talk to you guys. Back Go at you. All right, our friend Christian Cox with us here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. 
I, I thought I had remembered that about uh, the Cox family, that they, they get into Halloween. Did I hear him say yeah. that they're playing Mario Kart on the Nintendo 64? Isn't that like uh, 20 years old now? Yeah. You know, and he said that my uh, my one of my daughters, she dressed up like Mario, and her husband dressed up like Princess Peach. I bet they were a very handsome couple. <laughs> I didn't know who Princess Peach was, but... Really? Princess Peach I has been around for a while. I know. I just got lost in it, I guess. But anyway. All right. Like, let's. Have you, uh, Jake, have you ever dressed up like a woman? Uh, for Halloween? Yeah. <laughs> oh, you have? Uh-huh. Who'd you dress up as? Oh, I don't even. Let's see. Winona Judd. <laughs> no kidding. Back when I was a did, young kid. Did well, you I was really? probably in junior high, I think. <laughs> How'd that go? That was funny. Why do you ask? I, I just, <laughs> I meant it as a joke, but then you said you'd actually done it. I have done it. Have you not? I, I know. You just told Is me. Is there anything did. wrong with it? Are you trying uh, to poke the fun? Is that what? Is that what you're trying well, to do? No, I mean, no. If you, if you, if that felt good for you, okay. I'm, it's Halloween. Uh, I, can, I don't understand why you're laughing at me. I I don't know. I most well. I know. I don't. Yeah. I don't. I don't need to elaborate further. I just. Well, I just don't. What, I don't know why it's funny. I don't get it. <laughs> Okay. I don't get what you're getting at here. No, I I just wonder what's it what's it like to wear a dress. You tell me. I don't know. Wow. I've never done it. Okay. All right. I I just don't understand what you're shaming me here. <laughs> I, uh, I'm just goofing around, Jake. Come all right. On. Let's jump out to the zone phone. Joining us now, our friend Andrew from Wasatch Medical Clinic. What'd you dress up as uh, for Halloween, there, Andrew? You know what? Uh, with the COVID, we kind of skipped Halloween, so I was nothing this year. I know. My uh, We basically did the same thing. My daughter dressed up, but it was like, you know, how much effort am I going to put into this, really, if we're just yeah. hanging out at home? Yep. Yep, same thing here. <laughs> well, you know, for folks uh, out there that are, are looking or, or, or staying home a lot, you know, maybe some uh, things have become more apparent, maybe some struggles, and uh, maybe need to listen up a little bit. Yeah, that's exactly right. You know, when we spend more time with our loved ones and with the holidays coming up, um, we're, you know, we're, we're seeing that maybe if you have erectile dysfunction, that kind of puts a magnifying glass on the problem. But Wasatch Medical uses the most advanced form of acoustic wave therapy, and it's clinically shown to reverse that, open up blood vessels, so you don't have to take the pill anymore. That is the big takeaway, Jake. Which is just groundbreaking, right? I mean, there's so many guys out there who have been dealing with those side effects for so long, I would guess, that this it's got to be very appealing to them. It is very appealing. Guys come in and they say, I don't want to take the pill. I don't want to deal with the headaches and the side effects, the blurred vision. This treatment restores normal function without any of that. 801-901-8000 is the number to call. Get on that schedule because there's a lot free right now, right? Yes, the assessment, the exam is free. We're going to do the consultation plus blood flow ultrasound with the doctor. No charge. Call us now. It's totally free. 801-901-8000. 801-901-8000. Wasatch Medical Clinic. Thanks, Andrew. All right. We'll have more Big Show coming up next. Stay tuned. 97.5 and 1280 of The Zone. 
Utah's highest rated, most listened to sports radio afternoon show. This is The Big Show, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on winter tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on winter tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. It's a big show. It is Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Gordon, you're not a you're not a beer drinker, uh, I know, but uh, but play along with this question for a second. Okay. What uh, what uh, athlete, current or former, would you want to go out and have a night on the town, a few beers with? Wow. Hmm. Uh, let's see. Um. Uh, Donovan Mitchell would probably be a lot of fun to talk to. He's uh, he's a guy who can carry on a good conversation. I think he'd be interesting to uh, have a, have a discussion with. You got to go with Dennis Rodman. <laughs> See, I think he would be boring. Boring. Yeah, it would be anything but boring. Oh, his shtick is uh, I, I've. I've seen his shtick for what twenty five years now. I the man was a guest of Kim Jong Un. Yeah, <laughs> talking know. to him would be anything but boring. But well, it, I think check- it would be because you know you know what he's going to say. He's going to say the outrageous. I read his book, you know, back in the day. I made it through that. I did a book review, and uh, yeah, I don't know. The man, uh, the man what, was what, what, married what? to Carmen Electra for a hot second. I'd love to talk to him <laughs> about that. Uh, but uh, get oh, get this. So uh, Tony Kukoc uh, did an interview, mm-hmm. and uh, he was talking about Dennis Rodman. And uh, here's here's what he said. He says it's a special type of story, and I couldn't keep up with him. I partied only once with him <laughs> because after that you need a seven to ta- ten seven to ten days recovery period afterward. Yeah. I saw. There were four of us out, and the first thing he ordered for a drink was 40 shots of vodka and 10 beers. But see, that's not fun to me. Most of my friends, when they would get, uh, when they would overdo it, they would get less fun. Wait, you're saying overdoing it is not fun? No. Well, that's that's a person who's never overdone it, right there. Hold on here. Let Let me give you an example. I have a friend who is really, really funny. I mean, he—you couldn't be around him without laughing. But when he when he overdid it, he just got stupid. I don't know. He he didn't get more fun. He was having more fun. I assure you. <laughs> that might have been true. Uh, I don't know. Okay. All right. Well, you've been a surprising I mean, I like downer on this topic. I'm I sorry. I didn't mean to. I didn't mean to drag the whole thing down. Uh, There's a nerd on the show. <laughs> I'm a bad one to ask because I don't drink beer. You know, I've never had that experience of uh, <laughs> how many shots did you say? 
40 shots of tequila and 10 beers. Like, that's an unbelievable amount of alcohol. That yeah. that would kill a normal person. Although, uh, Kukoc did say that uh, they spread it around the bar a little bit. That and he said it took him 7 to 10 days. <laughs> 7 to, to 10 days to recover. I, I'm, I'm sure he's exaggerating a little bit. But, uh, I mean, that's a... That's a if, if you go out for a night on the town and it takes you a whole week to recover after that, you had a good time. See, I would, I would rather t- go out and, 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 you know, talk and to eat somebody. popsicles. I know. I got it. <laughs> go out and have an ice cream and a, and a nice little chat. Yeah, you I don't want to ask them about when they're married to Carmen Electra. You, you know, we wouldn't want to ask like, about yeah. that. Wouldn't, wouldn't want to ask about his uh, partying with Kim Jong-un. Wouldn't want, to, wouldn't want to ask about that. Wouldn't he hanging out with Madonna for a while, too? Yeah, wouldn't you want to ask him about I mean, he'd be an incredible person to uh, go out for a night on the town with. be wild. You'd be telling stories about it for the rest of your life. Not a, <laughs> not a little sit-down chat. Let's, let's sit down over this cocoa and, uh, and talk about e- economic philosophy. I mean, come on. <laughs> Come Here, on. Let, me my, let me get my car, cardigan on. <laughs> Who would you most like to do that with, to uh, have an opportunity like that? Uh, it, it just you can name anybody. I, I would like to ask Dennis Rodman what he actually did when he disappeared from the Bulls in, <laughs> in what, what year, 96 oh, or whatever we, it is. We probably pretty well know, don't we? That, that might have been my favorite part of that uh, Bulls documentary. Is when they told that story. How when, when Dennis goes to Phil Jackson and says, "You know, I just I just need some time off," and Phil Jackson goes to Michael Jordan and says, uh, "You know, Dennis wants some time off. I'm, I'm I'm thinking about letting him go just to blow off some steam." And Michael Jordan says, "Are you crazy? If you let him go, we'll never see him again." <laughs> And it almost turned out to be true. Jordan to had to go to Vegas go? to, to, in fact, Carmen Electra telling that part of the story was hilarious. Or they're in a in a hotel in Vegas, and she's like, uh, "There was a knock at the hotel room door, and I answered it, and it was Michael Jordan. <laughs> Come yeah, to know, drag Dennis back to Chicago. That's I'm hilarious. Telling, I'm telling you, somebody I would like to sit down and share a beverage of any kind with, and, and just talk to for a couple hours, Bill Murray." Yeah, that could be fun. Not for the reasons you're looking for. What reasons are those? You want to hear wild stories about him disappearing to Vegas? <laughs> and maybe knocking back a bunch of brews. Yeah, that well, that's the premise for the, the conversation. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> sorry sorry to, to drag down the whole thing. Going out for drinks with Dennis Rodman would be boring. <laughs> Only because he's shtick. I know he's shtick. I've seen his shtick. I, I, I don't need to, I mean, I just, sometimes just because some, this gets back to what we were talking about before. You know, you saying you how you love basketball players who dunk and all that stuff. After you've seen dunk after dunk after dunk, you know, I mean, it's, you've seen it already. It, it's not as thrilling as, uh, you know, as, Clean and crisp execution. <laughs> you want your oatmeal plain. So, so let me get this straight. You've seen one dunk. You've seen them all. But you're willing to watch the same stupid bank shot over and over again, and that's somehow exciting. That's the argument you're going to make. That's where it's you're not, going. It's, no, it's not just the bank shot. It's what led up to the bank oh, shot. Uh, okay. We've got the not sports port coming up next. Stay tuned. Ninety-seven five and twelve eighty. The zone. <laughs> 
Check this out. And now, your Not Sports Report on 97.5-1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. This is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on winter tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. It is time for the Not Sports Report. Brought to you by our friends at the uh, Larry H. Miller Used Car Supermarket. Over 1,000 used vehicles and inventory. Shop online, lhmusedcars.com. Gordon, where are we going today? You know, rather than talk about uh, destruction and uh, disappointments and uh, tragedy and that sort of thing, I thought I'd go for a fresher, more positive approach today. Okay. But before I do, did you see that Kanye conceded? I did. I, I did see that. I wondered how disappointed you were about that. I was bummed. I, I drove around all night looking for his Utah headquarters, and I couldn't find him. <laughs> anyway, uh, okay. So this is this is a feel-good story. I like it. I like it a lot. First of all, do you like pets? Pets? Uh-huh. Uh, that's kind of a complex question for me, but um, <laughs> I, I like lie. not having a pet right now. Oh, okay, so maybe there will be a time when it will be the time for you to have a pet? Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I didn't like, uh, I had a dog when I was real young. My parents got a dog after I left for college and I, I liked those dogs, but I, you know what I really enjoy? Not cleaning up poop. (laughs) And, and by, and uh, we're talking about specifically like dog, dog owners have been bothering me lately. So I, I don't know. You're asking me that question at a complicated time. Uh, apparently I am, and you're sort of throwing a wet blanket over my non-sports report. Well, good, because you killed my segment last <laughs> segment. So, <laughs> Okay. Well, I like this story a lot. It is this. More than 600 adoptable cats and dogs were airlifted from Hawaii to the U.S. mainland uh, just last week. It was the largest animal rescue flight in history. Uh, it was dubbed Paws Across the Pacific, and a chartered Hercules C-130 plane flew across the Hawaiian Islands, picking up dogs and cats from overcrowded shelters on Kauai, Oahu, and Maui. And they brought them over here to the mainland, and now they're available for adoption here. And I, I don't know. I just I think that's really cool. They brought them to Seattle. And their volunteers from pet uh, shelter rescue groups in Washington, Oregon, Idaho, and Montana are going to spread those uh, pups and those uh, cats around. And I just think that's a really cool effort. Somebody went to a lot of effort to save those animals, and I think that's that's cool. And hopefully, they'll all feel, find uh, you know loving, caring homes where they can live. Uh, live uh, happy lives and I, I guess i i don't know i've had a, i've had a few pets in my day I, I i i've grown to have a soft spot for these animals especially the ones that are a little less fortunate or maybe maybe have been mistreated in some way and uh they just want to be happy and loved and dogs are are terrific man they 
many of them are. There might be some outliers there, but when uh, you hear the story over and over again, when someone comes home from work having a rough day, that dog doesn't care whether you are a raging success or whether you failed miserably. They're going to give you, they're going to wag their tail, they're going to lick your face and be thrilled to see you. So 600 animals saved. I like it. So believe it or not, I have a, a, a Hawaii cat-related story that I'm really going to bring you down with. <laughs> oh, jeez. All right. I, I'm going to do your job. And, but, but honestly, this, is, this has got to be the worst job I've ever heard, okay? All so right. So I, I got a buddy. He lived in Hawaii. He, was, he lived in Kauai. He was doing a fellowship over there, lived over there for a year. And um, he was working on uh, he's, uh, he's an urban, he's in urban development, and he was working on some things for the federal government, right? So they've got a bird refuge there in Kauai. I, I would guess uh, a Hawaii local like you has been there, um, where, you know, they protect all these, you know, endangered birds and things like that. And uh, uh, over in Kauai, they have a really bad feral cat problem. <laughs> and I'm not talking about I'm not talking about cats like you're talking about like the the cuddly ones that you get at the shelter. I'm talking about like basically wild animals because there's no natural predators there, right? So these cats are it, it's a real problem. Uh, and at the bird refuge, they're they're like eating the eggs, you know. So these these cats are an issue. So um, these these workers at the bird refuge, these employees, they they once you know they they take turns. Part of their job is going and, and killing these feral cats that they catch in traps. So what do they do to them? Uh, like, like, like break their necks. Can you imagine a worse job? I'm on cat killing duty today. That sounds horrible. You're really bringing this story to the table. I just think, like, of the world's worst jobs. Like, I'm sure other parts of the job are great. Like, oh, yeah, I love my job, except for every other Wednesday when I'm on cat-killing duty. Jake. Man, why are you so down you, today, Bob? Well, What do you do, Bob? What do you do for a living? I'm I, a kitty killer. I kill cats. That is horrible. I couldn't believe it was a thing. I wonder if any of those cats, if they were brought into a home where they would find uh, acceptance and and be able to be treated properly, if they would, uh, now, if they would get a new start on life. Now, now, in all seriousness, here, all right, these cats are not that. They're not. They're 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 honestly they're they're wild animals. They're they're feral cats, and they they are no longer uh, you know Figaro from the Disney Channel. <laughs> <laughs> it's long. It's maybe if they got that kind of care at the beginning of life, maybe that would be a thing. But in all honesty, these are like these are very um, <clears throat> wild cats. All right. Uh, so, how exactly are you describing a feral cat? Uh, the uh, as a feral cat. Well, I mean, what do you mean, what am I describing? That's a pretty self-explanatory term. No? Well, I mean, like a feral, a stray, and pet cats, they're all members of the same species, right? They're all domestic domestic. No, cats. The, the, these feral cats are not domestic. That's well, stray cats and feral cats, uh, they're, they're, they're different in some ways. I, I understand that, but can they not be <laughs> rehabilitated? No, no, they're, they're gone. 
They can't be socialized? They can't? No, I don't think so. I thought the real definition of a feral cat was just an unowned domestic cat. That, that, you know, that might live outside. Yeah, that's what these are. But they're, they're, they've become wild animals. They, they do avoid human contact, I understand, huh? Yes. Yeah, they're, they're not good. But can you? I, I could. I could not. When I heard that, I could not think of a worse job. I I don't think that that would be a job I would seek out. Hey there, Bob. Why are you so down today? Oh man, I'm on cat duty this afternoon. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> How much would I have to pay you for such a job, Jake? Oh, so much money. I can't imagine. That'd be so horrible. I, I, so I, I, horrible. I, I don't think I could do it. I just couldn't do it. Mm-mm. I bet you could. No. <laughs> no, or or you just have Lisa do it. <laughs> no. She, she, she wouldn't want to kill a cat. No. All right, let's get out. <laughs> what, what, I mean, do they, what, do they, on the other days of the week, do these guys, are they like... Are they like uh, like customer service representatives? Yeah, they they run the 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 bird you know the the bird refuge there. <laughs> so so once a week they 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 turn into murderous. Uh... <laughs> they gotta go out on cat duty. That's what I'm saying. These are like nice people, but that part of the job has got to be damaging to the psyche. No, I would think so. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Do any I mean, do any of the, the the people who get called on that duty do they have like a cat at home? I don't know. I have no idea. Are they are they pet owners? Well, they must love animals. They're working at a bird refuge. It can't be easy. Jeez. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so what you're saying it was a, it was it was a bad job, but it had to be done. Right. And that's of course how you justify it. I mean, you're protecting endangered birds. Can't you just capture the animals and then? But then, uh, what do you, you know, do with them? That's well, the point. set them loose in some wild Where? territory somewhere. <laughs> wild territory somewhere. It's an island. <laughs> there's a lot of wild territory, and and look, there's a lot of good eating because there's so many chickens and roosters running around out there. Wait, just to, just drop them off. What was the what's the Hawaiian island that used to be the leper colony? You just take them all over there. Was it Mole and I? I don't know. Uh, All right. It, uh... David Locke's next. What? Take him over there and watch. Uh, let's, let's get out of the zone <laughs> phone. Uh, Joining us now, our friend Andrew Reinhardt from Wasatch Medical Clinic. We're helping our listeners with their love lives, Andrew. Yes, we certainly are. And we have seen so many people come into our clinic struggling with erectile dysfunction and a little bit embarrassed. I mean, I think that's the honest truth is that ED is a little bit embarrassing. And that's probably why... So few of us men get treated. We delay, we do nothing, we take the pill in secret and suffer from the side effects. And I think it's so cool uh, that this technology has come along, the acoustic wave therapy, because it eliminates all of that. In fact, I think it's the only thing that eliminates the medication. It gets the spontaneity back. When we open up blood vessels, as the clinical studies show, uh, we can eliminate ED with just 50% more blood flow. That is a pretty cool idea. ED is a blood flow problem. That's what we're treating, and we're helping couples get the intimacy back in the bedroom. No medication, no injections, no surgery. See, it just makes a ton of sense to me because for years, um, you know, you've been treating the symptoms. This treats the problem itself. 
It absolutely does. The blood vessels in this part of the body are tiny to begin with, even in our young years. And even a slight disruption causes ED. That could be gaining weight, aging, could be a whole host of issues. And uh, things kind of get clogged. We go in and reverse that. We agitate those blood vessels just enough with the pressure wave that they clear themselves out. It kind of tricks the body into healing itself so that when the timing is right in the bedroom, your body or your brain, I should say, uh, releases a lot of chemicals. The blood flows. It goes where you want it, when you want it. And it's like your younger years. So it's been a breath of fresh air for a lot of frustrated men. 801-901-8000, 801-901-8000. It's a good time to get on that schedule too, right, Andrew? Lots of free stuff. There's a lot of free stuff. If you're ready to put a stop to the erectile dysfunction, if you're sick of the pills, call us right now. We're giving away a lot for free. We're going to do the assessment and the exam. That is with our medical doctor, by the way. Uh, he'll include a blood flow ultrasound to test blood vessels. And that will give you enough information to say, okay, this sounds great, or I'm going to hold off and do something else. It's free either way. We'll include a little special gift just for making the trip that I don't think I've ever seen it fail, by the way, produces instant results in the bedroom. And new patients even get free testosterone with us right now. So we've got every angle of erectile dysfunction covered. 801-901-8000. 801-901-8000. Wasatch Medical Clinic. Thanks, Andrew. Lock jumps on with us. Coming up next, stay tuned, 97.5 and 1280, The Zone.